The only thunder was from my bad cheese sticks. <laughs> right, yeah, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of Screen Fix, the show where we will fix a recent film. I am host JC. I worked in Hollywood in the early 2000s. With me, once again, co-host the geek fluent girl, Mai. Say hi to everybody. Hi, guys. And today... We have a special guest. Should we call him a frenemy? I don't know. Let's see. But he seems like a pretty cool guy. He seems okay so far. We call him a frenemy because his show does the same thing that our show does. They fix movies. We thought we were all alone. We thought we were so clever. We find another one. It is called Reshoot. An Amateur's Guide to Good or Film. And with us from that show is Hector. Say hi to everybody, Hector. Hello. All right, Hector, tell us a little bit about your show, Reshoot. Like you said already, it's pretty similar to yours. We just talk about the likes, the dislikes, and then how we'd fix the movie. You're more into the production side, which is really interesting. We're a lot more, uh, I guess, more laid back and just talking it out. Yeah, whereas ours, we are pretentious a-holes. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> it's it's true. We <laughs> have too much time on our hands. <laughs> oh, if your a-holes were snobs, you're completely fine. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so the movie that we have in store today is the 29th film in the MCU, 29th. What's going to be the 30th? Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever will be the 30th. So that's a great one for the 30th. Right now, we've got the 29th, and it is the fourth standalone film for this muscular, hunky, beautiful, blue-eyed, veiny, oily. Do we need to cool you off there? <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink. Hold on. I'm, I'm not even drinking it. I'm just rubbing it on my head. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, this is his fourth standalone. But we're talking about right now the second Taika Waititi-directed one, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. When he got in shape, he went from dead bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I was going to say, that was very, very impressive, what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. Okay, Thor, Love and Thunder. Thor's been in, what, like nine, eight, nine? I don't know. <laughs> Too many. He alternates between brooding and with gravitas alternately with being kind of like an empty-headed bro <laughs> right i believe most of the critics have been calling him a himbo 
<laughs> oh, you beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the best version of Thor was in Avengers Infinity War. A combination of godly presence with humor. Mm. Marcus and McFeely, those writers really get Thor. Waititi, he really brings out the himbo uh, in Thor. <laughs> Waititi in this one, he said he really wanted to differentiate Love and Thunder from Ragnarok. He said that essentially he wanted to give the audience something that, that they didn't even know they wanted, which was a love story. He was seeking to make a romance film and a 1980s inspired adventure. But I would venture to say a lot of Thor movies are about romance. Like the first one was definitely a romance between him and Jane. Jane falling in love with the guy from out of town. They're from different worlds, literally. I must go back to Asgard, but I give you my word. I will return for you. Deal. And Thor, too, he brought her home to meet his parents. <laughs> it's all romance. Yeah. It was, uh, Thor, too, should have been called Meet the Odins. <laughs> oh, man. Now imagine, like, Meet the Fockers, but just, like, with all of Asgard. Sleepless in Asgard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, there's been a, there's been a lot of, ro like, romance. I don't think Taiki quite understands that Thor has been about love for quite some time. I don't know. Who knows what Taika Waititi does. I think he's half nuts. <laughs> he's very eccentric. I agree. You don't know what you want until I give it to you. And stuff like that. And um, it's, I know, it, I know, it's rude. Wow. It's rude. Wow. Like, when you look at this film, I'd say, it's like we asked a bunch of six-year-olds what they wanted in a movie, and we just said yes to everything. He's got, like, this weird energy. I feel like he, like, burned ants when he was a kid. He's he's not afraid with taking risks, definitely. Um but I've I've always been a Taika Waititi fan. I was like probably the first was the Wilder People. Oh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, that was your intro to him. Yeah, and then of course I definitely fell heavily in love with him after What We Do in the Shadows. So, oh, that's a great one. Yeah, absolutely. Jojo Rabbit, anyone? No, not quite. It was hard though. Like it's like seeing him as Hitler. Hitler, yeah, hilarious. it was weird. <laughs> it was uh, it was good, but uh, yeah, that was probably a little bit more hard for me to watch because it's like should i laugh <laughs> right it was like a wes anderson hitler movie is what it felt like yes yeah oh, that's a good uh, way of looking at it huh so this movie was written by taika waititi it was also co-written by jennifer kaylin robinson she's best known for creating the mtv show sweet vicious did you ever watch sweet vicious on mtv no it's about two female college students who become vigilantes and take revenge on sexual abusers Oh, okay. The show ran for one season, then it was canceled. But Robinson was named one of Variety's 10 writers to watch. She was also invited to speak at the White House under Obama. So. Oh. oh, wow. She's a mover and a shaker. But her Marvel connection before this was she was the consulting producer on Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. Awesome. Oh. Also, side note, when she was 16, she moved to L.A. and she got to the final round of auditions of Hannah Montana to play Miley Cyrus's best friend. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> How about that? Miley Cyrus fans here? Everything past Hannah Montana, I just kind of fell off, not gonna lie. <laughs> Once you started getting naked and sitting on big metal balls. I came in like a 
What else do I got here? <laughs> I don't know what to add to that. <laughs> so yeah, that's a little bit about the movie. I know that this movie had a lot of delays because of the pandemic. And does this feel like a pandemic movie? It feels a little bit like that to me. A giant green screen bar fest. Oh yeah. yeah I, I feel like it was like Taika Waititi's head. And it was like nobody actually filtered it. It was just kind of, he's like, it would be so cool if we did this and we did this and we did this. <laughs> Do you guys know the original cut was like four hours long? Oh, God. Oh, my God. It is not Lord of the Rings. I did hear hear about that. And then Taika Waititi came out and said that he doesn't believe in director's cuts. Mm. He's like, I feel like most of what is cut out of a movie should be cut out. And it's a lot of boring garbage. Oh, wow. So he was editing himself. Well, the movie came out the way it did with heavy edits. That's like, that's, I don't think that says very good things about him. Oh, yeah. Also, I heard that this movie, after the Avengers films, this was one of the most expensive. Really? I mean, I'm sorry. A lot of it just looked very CGI. The Guardians are in it for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Gotta make that money somehow. Yeah, like, yeah, we can't pay all these people. Let's let's get them in and out. Let's just have Korg give a voiceover that says, and they had many adventures. <laughs> That's it. Let's get them out. <laughs> like, I know that we set this up at the end of Endgame, but we can't afford this. That was a big disappointment. I was hoping for, like, a whole last adventure with Thor and the Guardians. I don't know. Uh-oh. Wait, is this a fix? Is this an early fix? Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, you're not alone. Honestly, my boyfriend, also known as the IT guy that came in here, uh, <laughs> he basically said he thought that they should have had, like, a Guardians movie before this movie came out. As Guardians movie? Exactly. Save that for the fixes, too. Come on, everybody. Oh, okay. We've got some premature fixation going on here. <laughs> we need to... <laughs> let's Let's zip it up. <laughs> I'm going to mention one more bit of like newsy stuff before we get to the cast. I read online that people were commenting that the film should have had a trigger warning for the cancer. What? Oh, there yeah, was a yeah. lot of children. Oh, people yeah. are complaining. People are complaining about the cancer. Like, I understand a warning for like flashing lights that are causing like epileptic seizures, but yeah. can people not be sad anymore in a movie? A lot of sad stuff happens in movies, especially in these in these Marvel movies. Like everybody's parents get murdered. Mm-hmm. Do we need a trigger warning for parent murder every time? somebody gets kidnapped do we need kidnapping trigger warning what's going on here do you have a comment about it hector from reshoot i'm kind of in the middle because like i don't think i need a trigger warning but like maybe a some minor heads up could have or like at least in the trailer could have been nice because like i know a lot of people who are way like really sensitive to cancer yeah it being in the trailer would have been a good way to be like Hey, yeah, this is going to be a thing in it. And this is why we need to record more My with Gen Z. Yeah, exactly. We do. Keeps we need, us we on need our the perspective. Toes. Yeah. We need the perspective. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody say that. That sounds very mature and responsible. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thank you. Just wanted to touch on that. All right, let's just go through the cast really, really quickly. Chris Hemsworth, the god of thunder. Do we love him? Geek Fluent Girl. Is he? Does he still have it after four standalone movies and a whole bunch of Avengers movies? Are your juices still flowing? for more Thor or should he stick to making those weird exercise ads on like Instagram <laughs> no no I still have uh, what is that like one of the critics is like yes my loins lady boner loins, loins still ache for Thor <laughs> right oh, okay. I mean right I mean he still he has still everything he's got the abs his eyes I'm I'm a big 
a big eye girl though so that's uh okay so besides how horny he makes you do you, is, is, is he still a good thor <laughs> yes yes he is he's still sweet and just sort of like very naive about a lot of mm -hmm. things and he's you, you like himbo thor yeah i mean it's almost a little bit of a coming of age story in a way oh for a guy who's five thousand years old yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it's like <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's put a pin in this one. Uh, uh, Hector, are you still fiending for more Thor? Uh, I think I could do a good rest with the solo films of Thor, but like as a character, oh yeah, and Chris for sure is like Great. really good. I kind of hope he keeps going as long as he wants to. Nice. Because he fucking knocks it out of the park. Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. Were we Christian Bale fans, Geek Fluent Girl? He steals the show because it's like a Shakespearean tragedy of most of his scenes. He actually said that his character had quote sort of a Nosferatu slight attitude so did you see any Nosferatu in his performance Hector from reshoot I I'd say so yeah yeah no he did a really good job I felt like he was I felt like while everyone was playing checkers he was playing chess you know mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah I like that one He's raising the level of the show. Yeah, definitely. Because I was just gonna God. like add making his show look better than ours. Great. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> like Taika Waititi said at first, I had him without a nose, and then he's like, "Oh, he's too much like Voldemort." <laughs> uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Are we still loving that King Valkyrie geek fluent girl? Absolutely. I wish there was more. Yeah. Too expensive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to get her out of there. Hector of reshoot. Tessa Thompson as. King Valkyrie? She does a great job. I don't think they wrote her as well in this one. She was just kind of on the sideline. She's way too interesting for that. I agree. Natalie Portman, Jane Foster. Did she crush it? Are you glad she's back? Geek Fluent Girl, what's your take? Yeah, I was glad. And I was glad that she was allowed to be funny. Is because everybody forgets Natalie Portman can be funny. I heard some podcasts say, oh, her trying out different catchphrases was dumb. I thought it was cute. It Screw is, those people. That is adorable. Oh, same. Come on. One of my favorite Natalie Portman movies, actually, is Garden State. Because she's just goofy and lovable and just yeah. quirky. You know what I do when I feel completely unoriginal? I make a noise or I do something that no one has ever done before, and then I can feel unique again, even if it's only for, like, a second. <laughs> also, sometimes some of the funniest people are those people that are, like, not funny and that makes them funny. Like every Phil comedian? Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you're right. Maybe I just said something real stupid. All right, so... <laughs> oh, shit. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're never coming back, Hector. <laughs> First, I thought, Hector, you said every girl can be. I'm like, oh. I actually gonna... thought, he, thought he did, too. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He went there. Okay. No. I'm going to edit in where it sounds like you did say that. Oh, no. Oh, God. I'm kidding with you. All right, Natalie Borman, did you love it, Hector? I don't get the hate she got from, like, critics. I thought she did fine. Yeah. I think everyone just expects her from, like, Annihilation, and that's, oh. I don't know. She was probably specifically told, be funny, do improv, have a good time. That's what these movies are, period, done. And that's it. I feel like that's the direction he gives. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, do something weirder here. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. no, for Put sure. two in your right. head. Just go with it. <laughs> Let's just talk about one more here. Actually, I'm going to group them all together. The Guardians, did you like them in this? Were they out of character? Are we over Chris Pratt? I actually have heard that take quite a bit. My the Geek Fluent Girl? No, no. I'm, I'm always for Star-Lord. And honestly, the best scene, of course, is what they show in the trailer. It's like when he's like, this is my motivational speech. And like when you look in the eyes of someone you love. Not me. What? Just listening. Hector, the Guardians. Star-Lord felt written 
a bit weirdly, like oh. almost out of character to me. And I, I spent like a whole day itching in my brain, like, what is it? And I think it's just he was a bit more serious than he actually is. Yeah, it was almost like Thor was like the teenager and he was like the older brother, the wise older brother. Yeah, that, that's it. Thank you. Which doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Star-Lord is known as being kind of an idiot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they messed him up. All right, so here we go. One more. Russell Crowe as Zeus. Geek fluent girl. <laughs> Honestly, it took me a while to realize it was Russell Crowe. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, well, it's just like the accent kind of threw me off. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flip. Oh, flip too hard, damn it. <laughs> and then, I mean, come on. It's like he's, he has, uh, he's moved on from like the gladiator days. I mean, he's been fat so, for years. I know. He kind of started fat. Do you see the movie uh, L.A. Confidential? Never. Him being buff was just a small phase of his life. Well, we already heard my reaction to uh, Chris Helmsworth, so obviously I probably checked out a lot of Russell Crowe after he left the gladiator years. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right. Once again, the horny takes of <laughs> Geek Fluent Girl. All right, Russell Crowe, Hector. Yes, no. I didn't realize I th- that it was like a whole gladiator thing until my May my, my. It's my my like my time. <laughs> okay, my. I didn't realize until my brought it up. But no, I thought he did good. I wish he was there longer. I know it's like a glorified cameo, but I was hoping for like a little bit more. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw this in there. Screen Fix has been wanting to reach out internationally. So what I did was I found some movie critics in the UK. And I got their 30-second take on Thor, Love and Thunder. Let's just listen in. I just want to hear how this movie is being received across the pond. Go blimey, what did you think of the movie? Thor, wanker. Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, massive wanker. Russell Crowe, you fat wanker. Christian Bale, lanky bat wanker. Tiki, tiki, watiti. Chikika Wachita. That that is it in director Chiquita Monfajita. I love the Kiwis. It's just it's just like Wales, but further away. <laughs> Still full of sheep though. Yeah, go fuck yourselves, guys. Fuck off. Uh, okay. Hmm. So that's Damn. a take from uh, across the pond. Maybe we'll do more of those if they make it home from the pub. Uh, my, that's what they thought about it. What did audiences think about it? Why don't you give us, you like that segue? Why don't you give us the fresh hot stats? All right. Had a really strong opening weekend, and this nice. is all from Box Office Mojo. We uh-huh. have $145 million. And it only opened in 4,375 theaters. Again, this is domestic. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. like all. That's like all of them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's because the big chains now are, are only showing the big blockbusters. <laughs> it's either that or Minions, I think, in my local theater. I saw Minions. I. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Minions is just yeah. like an all-out assault on adults who are sitting there trying to get through it. It's just noises and screaming and exploding, and, and I sound really old right now. <laughs> Oh my god. 
Okay, opening weekend, fantastic. Where does that rank in the MCU, do you know? Well, I went by the tomatoes. So Thor Love and Thunder is number 26 in the MCU universe. It is right below Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is 25. What is its tomato score? Oh, the tomato score actually is 67% for critics or the tomato meter. And of course, 80% audience score. All right. And it ranks way down. Yeah. Below it is The Incredible Hulk. Do you side with the critics or do you side with the audience, Hector? I don't. I I get some of the criticism. I kind of side more with the audience here. It's not that bad. It's just a fun popcorn movie. Geek Fluent Girl. Yeah. I'm going to go with the audience. 80%. You know, you're going to a movie. You know you're going to be entertained. It's Taika Waititi. You're going to have laughs. You aren't going to be bored anytime in the movie i feel like the critics thought it was like a lot more serious material to work with but it's a marvel movie i don't know what they were wanting out of it i think this movie's hot trash (laughs) never agree (laughs) i definitely side with the critics what didn't you like about it well we're gonna get into that okay but first let me go ahead before we just start fixing a movie I'm going to go ahead and give a quick plot summary of Thor Love and Thunder. Our plot summaries come to us from Movie Pooper. Movie Pooper, where they wipe away the excess. This is the one pinch summary. Oh, gross. Oh, gross. Since his last adventure, Thor has gotten back into shape and fights alongside the Guardians of the Galaxy. He faces a new threat in the form of Gore the God Butcher, who believes all gods are arrogant and selfish and therefore must die. Thor teams up with Korg and Valkyrie, plus his ex-girlfriend Jane, who now wields Mjolnir, since it is the only thing protecting her against her stage 4 cancer. The team tries to get help from other gods like Zeus, but they refuse to help. Thor fights Zeus and takes his lightning bolt before going off to find Gore, who has kidnapped the Asgardian children to lure Thor to him. Gore is trying to use Thor's axe, Stormbreaker, as a portal to the being known as Eternity, who can grant Gore the wish to eliminate all the gods at once. Gore gets Stormbreaker, and Thor tells Jane she cannot continue joining him because her prolonged use of Mjolnir is killing her faster. Thor nearly gets beaten by Gore until Jane shows up, and they even get help from the Asgardian children. Thor and Jane destroy the Necrosword. But Gore manages to summon Eternity. Thor convinces Gore that what he really wants is love. Thor stays by Jane's side as she dies and they reaffirm their love for one another. Gore uses his wish to see his daughter again before he dies. Then he asks Thor to look after her. Jane is remembered as a hero and a legend, while Thor raises Gore's daughter named Love and fights alongside her. Meanwhile, Zeus sends his son Hercules to go after Thor and Jane's spirit is welcomed by Heimdall into Valhalla. And that is the quick plot. The last thing we do before we start fixing is to just say one thing we liked about the movie because a lot of people work on a movie, talented people. We know this. I've worked in it. Thousands of people work on a movie. These people work hard, whether it's a turd or whether it's an Oscar contender. Let's give them their due. What's one thing you really liked about Thor, Love and Thunder, My the Geek Fluent Girl? Of course, this is the most pivotal moment of the movie. The second half is the kids' battle set to Guns N' Roses guitar solo by Slash. It was incredible. Like the kids mode. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. that's one of my favorite parts, but you know. Did you get butterflies? Get butterflies in the gut? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Hector, what is one thing you really liked about Thor Love and Thunder? Just one thing. The The Shadow Realm looked really, really sick. The that black was, and white? It was really cool. I like the whole, they got the black and white balance just 
perfect. All right. That was a good sequence for you. I really liked how Stormbreaker was jealous of Mjolnir. I kept on laughing every time. Like, there was the one scene where he was, you know, talking to, to Mjolnir, and then you saw Stormbreaker just came into the frame slowly, <laughs> and he's like, what? It was hilarious, and that kept on happening. Like, I liked that recurring joke. Mm-hmm. With that crap out of the way, we, we are going to fix this movie. What do you guys say we fix this movie? Yeah. Yeah, let's yeah, fix it. let's do yeah. it. Yeah, let's fix it. Guest Hector from Reshoot, the podcast that is the same as our podcast. <sighs> what is your first fix for Thor, Love and Thunder? Uh, let's see. I Like I accidentally hinted at earlier, I kind of wanted to keep the Guardians in a little longer and see if I can just get at least one Ooh. good moment of theirs that's actually in character. So what I was thinking was, it's a bit of a sequence, so hear me out. The first fight, it's a little shorter. It just kind of sets up the dynamic. Right. Like, they rely on Thor a little too much. So, keep it in the same planet. They have the three goats. They go with Thor in every planet to investigate the god bookshare once they start hearing about it. Okay. But in every bit of this montage, you see Thor just treating them more and more like sidekicks. He's not even doing it on purpose. It's just the way he kind of, you know, he's a god. That's the way he kind of sees them. Okay. So, they try to tell him to leave gently, but he's not understanding it he's still like oh yes friends let's keep going on adventures and he's just they just get more and more stuck and they just start resenting him more and more so at the end finally you know they go with him to bring sif back to earth to new asgard and then finally they're like oh uh we'll be right back the guardians are like oh well they try and give him that speech too you know of course about the star lord tries to give him that speech it doesn't work so finally they're like okay you know what Hey, bring Sif inside and bring the goats too. We'll uh we'll be right back with some, a really good medic and then they just dip. <laughs> nice. Whoa. They Irish goodbye Thor. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I was going to change was they get three goats. So Thor still has two goats. They're like, "Okay, he even took all three goats." And then they look back and there's still one goat. And that's the last we see of him for the whole movie. And it ends with a comedic little beat. I like it. That was nice. Yeah, the Guardians were, they're so inconsequential to anything, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, it's a good way to keep them in a bit longer. I like it. And I like the idea that Thor is uh, annoying them a lot (laughs) to the point where they want to ditch him like in Bill and Ted when they just ditch Napoleon. You ditch Napoleon? Deacon, do you realize you have stranded one of Europe's greatest leaders in San Dimas? He was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did anybody secretly want them to like get into dire straits and had to eat one of those goats? Or I mean, I was expecting that to be a joke. If we go with gonna drop like some geek knowledge here. So Ooh. if you ever read Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology, those goats are actually featured in a story where Thor and Loki come to a family's house and they would like dinner and the family's poor. And Thor's like, never mind, I will butcher my goats. But the thing is, is that 
Loki, of course, is mischievous and says, if you want to be strong like Thor, you need to suck the marrow out of the bones. Like, I think he tells, like, the sun or something like that. So they have the feast, they eat all the goats, and basically Thor is like, save all the bones, don't break any of the bones. Then, of course, he magically brings back the goats to life. Except for, of course, there was one of the goats that one of the sons, of course, fell for Loki's trick. And it's, suck the marrow out. Yep, suck the marrow out. And oh, so damn. the goat is like in pain. Thor has to bandage the goat and heal it, and he's pissed. So I'm just saying, is like that could have worked. Like they butcher the there goat. There is precedent could have for been eating the goat. Magically, they could have magically been brought back and just kept beating the guardians throughout. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. One of the planets they help gives them an offering of mint jelly. And like, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> Lamb shank, obviously. <laughs> My the Geek Fluent Girl, what is your first fix for Thor, Love and Thunder? All right, my first fix is I'm always about world building, and I think maybe this would at least help or maybe understand what is so important about Omnipotent City. Basically, it's like, why do why are we even visiting this planet? Because Thor is like, mm. we're going to visit. We're going to recruit. Like, he names drop, like, Quetzalcoatl and Ra and some other gods. So I would actually like more of an intro to explain about the actual gods that he name dropped where they were in omnipotent city kind of like when people like point out celebrities you know when that's something they're like oh look there's quetzalcoatl they were like fanboying yeah exactly starstruck but like godstruck yep absolutely i mean because he does that for like for bow and of course korg spots his own god like his god gets like a lot of screen time I was thinking too, even if it wasn't even something where he's pointing them out, maybe it's just they can kind of pause on it. And I know them going back and showing my age. So Unbeatable City reminded me of the Ivory Tower in Neverending Story. And one thing mm-hmm. that was cool yeah, is, and if you watch that scene again, it's like you see that they really pause on each of the attendees that's in attendance to hear from the speaker for the childlike empress. So there's a way you can do it and still like not take too much away from the action because. Look, I mean, those costumes are incredible. There was so much diversity, but you barely saw it. It's kind of like a Where's Waldo? It's like trying to figure out, is this the god that he was talking about? Is that the god? So it's a, it's just like a minor fix, but why don't we add a bit more to Omnipotent City? Really good. Yeah, Omnipotent City to me was like very, very bizarre. So all the gods hang out in this city like all the time, or is it like a resort? Are they on vacay? Or are they just <laughs> meeting there as like a conference? Are they having like their annual conference? And the Celestials were like the a... bodyguards. <laughs> right, it's this weird contrivance to get all these gods together for, for Zeus with his plastic looking lightning bolt, which <laughs> barely did anything too. No, that's awesome. I actually was hoping they were gonna throw in like a couple more kind of like silly gods like mm-hmm. oh that's the god of like calico cats or that's the god, <laughs> it's the god of dirty socks <laughs> like where was the goat god in there like, I, I would have liked to see the goats bow to some giant goat headed thing it'd just be way too much screaming at that rate though <laughs> <laughs> or one of the gods should just be the rock he should literally be sitting there <laughs> Dwayne Johnson should literally be that... just sitting there and he should be Dwayne Johnson <laughs> JC, yeah. what is your first fix? My first fix has to do with gore and also like a little bit with the guardians. Gore murders gods 
because he takes the feeling we get when people say God is testing us, when people are suffering, or this is God's plan when bad things happen, and he amps up the anger to 11. And instead of like hopelessness that people feel, he's in a position to do something about it. It's an understandable and, re- and relatable emotion. It also re- relates to Jane. Why is cancer happening to her? Anyway, that's kind of the the way that you relate to him. But the problem is, is they never really give us that much reason to fear him and dislike him. Gore needs to be much more of a fearsome foe. In the comics, he tortures this god of torture (laughs) until he gives up. He's insane. He has no remorse. He is not redeemable. He's so powerful. He defeats Thor multiple times in the comics. He even beats three versions of Thor at the same time. The only time Thor kills him, it takes the prayers of all the gods from across time and two Mjolnirs to kill Gore. In the comics, Gore is insanely strong and powerful in every bit Thor's match, beyond Thor's match. In this movie, Thor kills as many gods on screen as Gore does. In a movie where our bad guy is killing gods, Thor kills Zeus? It was so bad. I hated it so much. So I need Gore to be very frightening, and I need Thor to not be killing gods like Gore does. So here we go. Our first scene with the Guardians, they should discover a dead god on that planet, the one where Thor ends up making their entire temple collapse or whatever. The Guardians should then be called upon again from another world. They receive another distress signal. They discover another dead god. Thor decides he needs to separate now because he's like, okay, gods are dying. He needs to separate and go to New Asgard to check on Valkyrie. The Guardians get called away on another distress call, which is a trap. And Star-Lord is nearly killed as he is a a person who is half celestial, therefore debatably half god. Oh, yeah. Rocket knows the weapon that almost killed Star-Lord because he's somebody who knows weapons. He knows that it's the Necrosword. They appear in Asgard and let Thor know. Now we have two dead gods and an attempt on Quill. That's where they decide they need to go to omnipotent land or what omnipotent city, wherever that stupid place was. And in a scene where Thor is making his case, it's Gore who shows up and kills Zeus. Gore essentially followed the Guardians to Asgard and then to Omnipotent City. He murders the great Zeus in front of everyone. And now all of these gods are fearing for their lives. He unleashes his shadow monsters. He has all of the gods in fear with his necro sword. And I thought that that was a much better like intro to Gore and just making Gore a much more frightening villain. And to see him kill a god as great as Zeus, I think would have been really powerful that's that's my first fix damn wow yeah that's that's really good and that actually kind of weaves the story a bit better this also gives the guardians more of a stake in the story Mm -hmm. would you have made sure that gore killed bow to really set lose how much of a monster he is or oh who would hurt a baby dumpling (laughs) oh my god the best scene in the movie would have been him chopping bow in half (laughs) and then the goats eating him oh Oh my god Oh, god damn it. <laughs> Guest Hector from Reshoot, the podcast where they talk about what they would have done differently, just like we do. 
Hector, what is your second fix for Thor, Love and Thunder? It's actually very similar to yours. Oh, uh, freak. oh it's fine. It's it's cool. No, no, it's cool. I, I like yours a lot. Mine's going to pale, but uh, pale in comparison. But uh, I just wanted Gore to make his way in because they're like, oh, Gore can't make his way into the city. And I'm like, how? Oh, we're not going to explain it. Okay. So he has all this stuff with shadow manipulation. Can he just like sneak into Thor's shadow, make his way into the city? Also, maybe leave Korg out of that. I don't see how he's not a god. I don't know why he's he's not just walking the ship. That's pretty clever. So Gore sneaks in. Once he gets inside the Pantheon, he does that same kind of cloak look. Because as Thor and his friends do. It looks super similar. The corny cloaks that they think are fooling people. Yeah. Which is also weird because Thor is a god. Why is he not allowed there? I, he's a Norse god. I figured he had too much of like a big party. Kind of like the what if thing. If you've seen that what if episode. I haven't. Tell us about it. Okay, so it's like what if Thor was like a foolish asshole or something. So he basically <laughs> just throws like a big party on Earth. Yeah, it's actually a really good episode. It's, it's it like is. the most lighthearted because really... most of them are just depressing. So. Oh, yeah. All right, so this is a goofy episode of what if where he's a party. Do what, what did he do? End up wrecking Earth? He's just like a party god. Yeah. It's just it's a really lighthearted, goofy episode where at the end he just has to fix up Earth before his mom gets back from her, like, oh my God. trip, or else he gets grounded. I'm not joking. My mother is coming. Wait, you can't leave. Look at this place. We have a duty to this planet. You need to clean it up. It's so goofy. Everybody thinks that Thor is just as a big, goofy, sexy teenager. <laughs> Loki drinks bud ice. <laughs> I, I think there was a joke like that, actually. <laughs> so okay. Okay. Got, went off on a tangent. So he starts to kill a lot of them. A lot of gods. Like the whole room. Like there's, you're going to get a whole bunch of action. Like a whole bunch of gods show their abilities. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. He's killing them. Uh -huh. The reason for this is to make sure Thor loses his chance to grab the Thunderbolt. And to just strike fear in Thor and be like, yeah, you can come and see me. You know how it's going to turn out. And then like maybe Thor still grabs the Thunderbolt and then drives off and everyone's frightened of him. So same as me. You want Gore to strike that fear. Yeah, he was way too underutilized. Like, it would be nice, too, if he was, like, an actual butcher. Like, after he killed a god, he would, like, make nice steaks. And... <laughs> it's hardcore. My the Geek Fluent Girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, after that, I'm like, mm, well, okay. What is your second fix for Thor, Love, and Thunder? So... The extra credit scene, of course, we all know. Basically, Zeus is saying he's like, all the gods, they are not getting all of the favor, all of the energy, because the humans mm -hmm. now worship superheroes. So, because mm -hmm. he's lining up Hercules, it is Roy Kent from <laughs> Ted Lasso. Yes, it is. And basically, I would like to actually understand how do the gods really receive their power? Because oh. was Zeus like making a joke when he was like, the most virgin slaughtered. Well, people are murdering people for gods on Earth, okay? <laughs> so basically, I'm like, how do they get it? And again, I'm going to drop another Neil Gaiman reference. All right. Because in American Gods, if any of you have read that novel or watched the TV show, the gods actually will fade or die if they lose like all their human worshipers it's like if there's nobody praying to you that means that you're not relevant so you wanted some scenes that maybe showed some gods that were not getting the energy anymore and kind of like you wanted to know more of like the rules of being a god exactly or how being a god works yeah that's a big gray area right yeah absolutely like the earth god would be flexing he'd be like yeah i've got all those religions fighting each other for, mine, for me <laughs> yes oh <Hell> yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> then you have like Jesus being like, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Super strong. He's buff. He's sipping from a like a worshiper smoothie. <laughs> Overflowing cup. His smoothie overfloweth. <laughs> Hey, JC, with my interesting take there, what is your final fix? I'm going to change the end of this movie. Okay, Jane figures out a loophole when it comes to gore. In the movie, I want somewhere where gore doesn't kill someone who is right in front of him or some people, maybe even an annoying goat. I don't know, who, who knows? But what she figures out is the sword must not be able to kill regular mortal beings, just gods. Jane is lying in bed in hiding when she figures this out. She's sitting there with Kid Heimdall, and she asks Kid Heimdall to look for Thor. Kid Heimdall is with her so she can see what's happening, even though Thor has asked her to bow out. Because, this is another change I have, he needs Mjolnir, not Stormbreaker, to open the gate to eternity. Because Mjolnir is older, it's got some different power, but that adds stakes to her character and to Gore succeeding. Because if he succeeds in taking Mjolnir from her, she dies of cancer. Like, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Kid Heimdall sees Thor, and he's losing badly. And Kid Heimdall tells her that he is down. And that is what motivates her to get out of bed. Jane shows up as mighty Thor and sees that Thor is down. And she fights Gore. She fights amazingly, right? But ultimately, Gore lands the fatal blow. So he thinks. The sword stops right at her neck. He looks at her confused. He asks if she's a god. She says, I'm not a god, but I'm a fighter. There's a cancer reference that we can all mm -hmm. get behind. She continues fighting him, and he's now more nervous, knowing he can't actually use the Necrosword to kill her. She seems to be winning, but he succeeds in separating her from Mjolnir, which he now has, and he opens the gate, which destroys Mjolnir, actually, which seals her fate. So she came back with Mjolnir, and now she doesn't have Mjolnir to save her anymore. But before turning to go into the portal, he asks her why she's doing this. And she says, because I believe in Thor. And Thor sparks up. The disembodied face of Korg lying in the rubble, now completely serious, no jokes, says, the laws of being a god. A god must listen. Thor stands up. Korg says, a god must protect his flock. Thor imbues the kids with power. And he says, and a god must exact justice. Thor now, full of power from the belief from Jane, turns to face Gore. Cue GNR music. The film at its, at its essence is what does it mean to be a god? To be a god who deserves the reverence and the adoration. That's the, that should be the central theme of this film. Thor's a space pirate, he's an Asgardian, he's an Avenger, but is he a good god? And that's my second fix. Damn. Wow. Dude, that's really good. Mic drop. You know you want to do it. <laughs> so I think without further ado, we should consider Thor Love and Thunder screen fix. Screen fix. Uh, Hector from Reshoot, do you have a final thought on Thor Love and Thunder? 
just like one more revision i could see something that rivals ragnarok if it just had like one more revision just iron a few things out i don't know it's still really good like i said earlier i don't get the hate it has but i do get the disappointment okay i like it my the geek fluent girl what is your final thought for thor love and thunder we might have killed off jane a little too soon because she's supposed to join valkyrie right yep mm -hmm. okay sweet i knew hector was a, a true a true geek <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Isn't there a, a comic book run, like the Valkyries, and isn't she in there? Mm -hmm. Yep. Ah, okay. But who really dies in the MCU? I think Natalie Portman's probably... I think she's done with the MCU. You could bring on an, an alternate universe, Jane. That's true. That's the only reason why your podcast and mine are able to record together. <laughs> yep. Yes. The yeah, multiverse all this... is upon us. My final thought has to do with the love character, the daughter. In this one, you got love, and it's a daughter of gore, and they're running around. Yeah. In the comics... Gore kills his wife for calling him her god. Even calling him her god, Gore kills his wife. That's how hardcore Gore is. Gore's son, which isn't really his son, he's a construct made out of the Necrosword. He releases Thor from captivity and asks him to kill his father because he says that his father is not the man that he once was and would be horrified at what he has become. So that's Gore's real kid from the comics, not Chris Hemsworth is daughter's cameo okay it's my final thoughts much darker yeah because everything about gore is dark doesn't have some nice little daughter it's, it's not wrapped up in a little nice bow, bow. <laughs> so let me go ahead and i will thank hector from reshoot tell us again about reshoot tell everybody where they can find you and all that good stuff all right thanks again for having me here it's been it's of been course. a lot of fun good i'm hector um one of the three hosts of reshoot it's R-E colon shoot, like a gun. Mm -hmm. An amateur's guide to good or film. It's basically like, like an alternate universe, like JC said, of this podcast. <laughs> it's probably the easiest one to explain. It's We just goof around. We watch movies we like, we dislike. I like to mess with some of my co-hosts and be like, oh, they're going to hate this movie. I'm going to make them suffer and watch it. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you need great. a bad yeah. movie to have a watch, you should make them watch Velocipaster. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm adding, to, I'm adding that to the list. Thank you. Check out Reshoot. They are great. They do the same thing. If you like this, you'll like that. And us, Screen Fix, you found us. So however you found us, that's where we're at. We're Spotify, Apple as well. You can message us at ScreenFixPod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at ScreenFixPod. And we have a Facebook. You can find us there. Also, Instagram, Screen Fix Podcast. Find us there as well. And yeah, why don't we leave everybody with your best goat scream? Why don't you go ahead and do your goat scream? My the Geek Fluent Girl, go. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like a goat going through puberty. This is, this is weird. All right, Hector, what's your best goat scream? Go. My wife's in the other room. This is going to be wild. <laughs> I like that one, too. That was like a goat vomiting. All right, here we go. Here's mine. I think they were like, <laughs> hold on. I have a sore throat, so I can't even do this. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. All right. That was great. Anyway, join us next time where we will be fixing another movie. I don't know what it's going to be. We're about to get into the doldrums of the end of summer, early fall. Stuff's crappy. But anyway, there will be another episode. There always is for some reason. Thank you for listening. Screen Fix plus Reshoot. Our powers combined. I hope you enjoyed it. Bye, everybody. Bye.
this fake laugh for me, Hector. That would be amazing. <laughs> right. Not yet. I know. All right, ready? <laughs> Sorry. Here we go. <laughs>